Hey, everyone. I'm just protecting my very brave director today. <clears throat> As you can hear, don't quite have my voice uh, because I am just a, a mess of mucus. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Uh, so he says, yeah, bring in the Lysol. So there we go. So he let me come in anyway. So everybody out there, thank Scott Whitney, the amazing director of the Niche to Profit show, for making the show go on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, Carolyn, I did just spray Lysol. No, he's like, he's way over there. He stays away from me. It's all good. But Kleenex, Lysol, menthol drops, we're good. We can get through this show. So, And we have a show today that is all about what I've been hearing out there is your concerns, your trouble spots with running these online businesses, things that are like kind of tricking you up here and, and causing you not to move forward and I'm, I'm really energized about this topic because I just got back from Seattle where I went to the SCO conference, um, which is, for anyone who doesn't know, it is a big, big time Amazon-centric conference. So I kind of come in there as the uh, kind of the outcast, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm the eBay chick, you know, walking in there. I sell on Amazon, but you guys know that is not my main thing. I don't like not having control over my brand, over really what my competition is doing to screw up the catalog page and make my stuff not sell anymore. Um, so yes, and I am a control freak, so therefore I like eBay. Simple as that. Um, so, but what I did here is there's a lot of fear in that arena too. And I, I had kind of heard some things out on Facebook but I had no idea how prevalent it was becoming that uh, you Amazon sellers out there are getting afraid of losing your accounts. Just wake up. It's gone uh, because Amazon is so big. Amazon is so automated. I mean, they're using a lot of just algorithms and sweeping for words, you know, to alert them of problems with sellers. So you get just enough people saying that an item was not as described or uh, somebody, I, I mean, that counterfeit word, whoo, you do not want anybody accusing your stuff of being counterfeit. That's a biggie. And canceling orders. So you need to be super careful if you're listing in multiple places or you're bringing in stock or you're using a drop shipper, make sure you can fulfill everything you sell because that is also a biggie biggie. And that's a biggie on eBay too. Let me just like be clear. The number one, if you like, if you learn nothing else from this show today, this is it. No matter what venue you sell on, the absolute worst customer experience out there is a canceled order, a canceled transaction. So both eBay and Amazon are getting really, really strict about those. So uh, stay away from those. Uh, and I will tell you, if you double sell something, Go find another one to fulfill that order. And yes, I've had to do that. I had to do that on a, a Roomba vacuum cleaner. And it actually cost me $50 more than what the person bought it from me for to make sure that that customer was kept happy. So cost of doing business, but keep really good track of your inventory. And, you know, that's a really good topic. We'll do a whole show on inventory management because I know that is a sticky point uh, for many of you. We got into this thing and, you know, we've got our stash in the in the garage or in the attic or in, on the dining room table. And and then 
it kind of builds up and we don't keep good track and we don't have skew numbers. We're just listing, right? We're just having fun with this. But if you are going to grow and scale your business, you need to start thinking like a business and you are retail. So start thinking like a retail business. Get SKU numbers on your inventory. Have a system of where things go, whether that's in certain tubs or cubbies or shelves. And I promise one of these days I really am going to take a picture of my system for you guys. I keep forgetting. Somebody's going to need to remind me to to do that and share that with you because we have numbered shelves. I have 14 shelves, those big industrial shelves out in the garage. And while I don't... um, I don't assign individual numbers to things. I assign a shelf to everything so that no matter who's home doing the shipping, they can go to that shelf and they can find that item. And then it's like, okay, here's, you know, my Murano glass. Here's all my cows. Here's all my seashells. Here's all my Disney. Yes. Um, So that system has worked well for me, but you have to find one that works well for you, especially if you have lots and lots of little parts that are fairly similar and I just got to meet with uh, one of the stars I highlight on this show all the time, Matt Pinkush, who I actually know how to say his last name now because I heard him say it in person. It was so cool. Um, he sells pieces and parts of, of lawnmowers and, and chainsaws and weed whackers and all that stuff. And it's all different brands. So even though it's the same part, it could be this one's for a you know, a black and Decker and this one's for this. And so there's a lot of really fine tuned stuff he has to do to keep track of all that and make sure he can find it. So you guys want to make sure that you are doing a uh, physical inventory every year. And this topic came up last night too, at the uh, Las Vegas online sellers meetup group. Um, Cause I don't want you guys getting caught having to cancel an order because you can't find the thing. So know what you got out there know what you got. All right. So like I ran this thread over on the Danny app Facebook group and I asked, I just asked, what do you find tricky in your business? And some of the answers I got were things like taxes. So taxes happen whether or not you're in business, right? So I don't think anybody enjoys taxes. Okay. There are a few oddballs out there who actually like that tax stuff. But for the most part, we don't like having to keep track of taxes and bookkeeping and things. Um, So if taxes is really stressing you out, just get a bookkeeper. Get somebody to do that part of your business. And in that time that you would normally spend stressing and, and straining over numbers, you could just be listing more and bringing in more money to pay for the bookkeeper. So don't get caught up in this. I have to do every part of this business, even the stuff I hate. Because you don't. And that really, that's one of the things that keeps you guys stuck is that you feel like you can't afford to hire help to do some of these pieces that take you hours because it is just not your forte, right? So those hours that you're struggling on this stuff that's really not in your wheelhouse, you could be doing the part of your business that actually makes money. And that is listing and selling. So a number one thing I'm going to tell you guys to get ahead is start looking at the things you can outsource. Outsourcing is your key to cloning yourself, basically. But, you know, you can just clone this piece of your brain and this piece of your brain. You don't have to clone the whole thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I'll give you some tips for outsourcing. So first of all, you do not want to hire on sympathy. 
You do not want to hire. <sighs> okay, this is tricky because my daughter's in the chat room. <laughs> but for the most part, you do not want to hire family. And I think she will agree that sometimes it makes it really difficult. We have to separate mother-daughter relationship and go, okay, boss, employee. And and that can be a struggle and that can that can cause some issues. Right. Yeah, she's laughing over there because she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, but the reason I hired her is, is is she's, she's got my brain. She's like one smart cookie and I know I can trust her to handle things the way I would handle them. So, um, she is priceless to me. Uh, the other thing is be very careful about hiring somebody that you really feel bonded with because they're just like you. You don't want somebody just like you if you're struggling with things that you're now outsourcing. Because guess what? They're probably going to have the same struggles and they're going to come to you and you're. it's going to be more of that emotional kind of dealing with things. Now, I actually, when I hired this last time, I, I first, I took this thing called the Colby Index Test. And if you go take that test, you will learn how you work how you learn things, how you process things. And it's, it's very telling. Um, so some of us are what we call quick starters. We like to start, we jump into projects, we can create, but our follow through on things is horrible. So if you also hire a creative, you hire somebody that just goes, yeah, that's a great idea, let's do that. And they're also bad on follow through. That's not going to work so well for you. So when you're hiring somebody, be very specific about the task that you want them to do for you. So if it's bookkeeping, that is all they do. They don't take pictures for you. They don't write blog articles for you. They do your bookkeeping. Okay. If they're coming in to do pictures, you hire somebody to come in and do pictures, to do something really, really, really well. And then that's all they do. Um, so I actually have my candidates take that Colby index as well, just to make sure that where I am weak, they are strong. And I can tell you that has been a really good fit right now for for hiring. And I've made a lot of hiring mistakes. Oh my goodness, yes, I, we could we could go all day. And the Colby index, I will tell you, it is a fifty dollar investment. It does cost money to get your results. Okay, nose break. Sorry, guys. So the Colby Index is the best $50 you will ever spend in your life. <laughs> Thank you, Scott, for uh, keeping me looking good. Um, so it's the best $50 you will ever spend because spending $50 up front can save you hundreds, possibly thousands down the line because something that happens, especially with us women, we want to give people the whole, we just, we just know next week they'll be better. They were just having a bad day. No, they just, I know they'll get this. I know they'll get this. And in the meantime, we are agitated. We feel tense. They're not getting the job done. Yes. And so, yeah, we have to be tough. We have to be willing to go, you're fired. Uh, well, you don't have to be that brutal, but you have to be willing to let people go that just are not working out because you're in business, guys. You're in business. All right. So one of the other things I heard was mindset. 
And so first, I just want to say, if you admitted that, bravo, bravo, because that's the first step. Yes. You want to start recognizing those little mindsets that creep in and tell you, oh, no, that'll never work. Oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, no, that. No, somebody else is doing that. Oh, no, you are so stupid. What are you even thinking of? Right. You guys know what I'm talking about. I get that, too. I go through this cycle where, I mean, I got like some great idea. I'm going to go for it. And as I get into it, and you, and you will have people around you telling you you're crazy. You'll have people around you saying you can't do that. And I will tell you what, Disney was told that. Mr. Walt, yes, he did. He was told, no, you are insane, man. You cannot build some park. And um, so not only did he do it, but gosh, he just raised prices to $1,000 for an annual pass, right? probably has millions of people well he didn't do it because he's he's kind of under the ground right now so or he's on ice depending you know what you believe there (laughs) but what i'm saying to you is feel the fear feel the insecurities feel all that and do it anyway do it anyway i'm telling you my favorite quote out there is from eleanor roosevelt she said do something that terrifies you Every day, every day, because you do that thing that terrifies you today, tomorrow, it's not so bad. Or if it is, do it again. (laughs) Some of you, it's video. Some of you, it's social media. Whatever that thing is that's so uncomfortable, but you know that it's going to help your business, just do it anyway. What's the worst that can happen? You make a fool out of yourself. Have you guys watched TV lately? Have you watched, you know, the the celebrities and the stars who are really, really out there because they make a fool of themselves? It's all good. The more human you are, the more people will want to come shop from you because they want to shop from a human. They want to know that there's still somebody out there that gives customer service. So, and you don't even have to be on the video. You don't. You can just take a video of your, whatever that thing is you're selling, make a commercial and talk over it or outsource somebody to talk over it. You can do that too, but but find a way to get over that fear of, of being on that video. Something that I told a client of mine was that if you are, are just so squeamish about video, but you know you want to be um, you know, a personality out there, if you want to coach people, if you want to teach people and your your brand, you have to be doing video. You just have to be doing video. It is it is where everything's at, right Scott? Yeah. yeah. He says, yeah, of course. Um, so you got this little thing, this little this little doodad right here. Just about everybody's got one these days. Guess what it has on it? It's got a video recorder. And you can take a video of yourself every single day. And here's what I want to tell you. Do it before you put makeup on. Do it before you comb your hair. Do it while you're still in your jammies. Just make a video and talk and get on that camera. You don't have to share it with anybody. Don't, you don't have to give it out there or anything. Although if it's really good, you might want to. But just get comfortable recording yourself, getting on that camera. And, and you will be amazed at, at how much you will, will come along and be more and more comfortable with that. All right. So mindset, fear, anxiety. Uh, one of the things that troubles me the most is when I'm out shopping with a group and everybody has these things out and is standing in the aisle looking up every single thing they want to put in the cart. I will tell you that is costing you so much money, so much money. 
should ask my husband. I don't do that. I'm I do what I call power shopping. If it pulls me, if it grabs me from the shelf, I pick it up, I look at it, make sure it's not damaged, and it goes in the cart, right? I do look at the price. Um, but for the most part, when you're at a thrift store, I mean, everything's pretty much going to be where you can afford to take those risks. Start developing an instinct for what you're going to be able to get for things and be willing to make mistakes. I can't tell you how many duds I've bought. I do buy duds. But here's the thing. This is that old saying, you make your money in the buy. So if it's priced right and you know at some point you can get your money back out of it, if it's not on eBay, it's at your yard sale or wherever, go for it. Take the risk. Learn from it. Take, you know, educated risk. And that's why we call it niche to profit, because the more niche you are, the more you're going to develop that sixth sense of what you can actually put in the cart and know that you're going to get the money for it so that you're not standing in the aisle looking something up while on the next aisle over, there is that $500 piece for $10 that somebody else spotted. I get excited about this topic. Sorry. (laughs) So you don't want to let somebody else get that really good stuff because they were willing to take a bigger risk than you. So that's going to grow your business. That's going to grow your business. International shipping. I'm still hearing the fear around international shipping. Oh, it's complicated or I'm going to lose money on it. And I will tell you, if you do calculated shipping, you choose the, if it's under four pounds, you do first class international and priority. And, you know, you might even offer priority mail express. Nobody ever chooses that, but put it in there. So what's going to happen is you have the weight and now add like a pound you know, for your packing materials, you have your weight. If it's oversized, put the dimensions. They're going to see what the shipping is to them. And if you are doing free shipping, as I preach heavily on this show, you're going to make more money because that padded shipping cost you put into the item, international people don't pay that. They'll pay the shipping on top of whatever you were going to sell it for. So do not shut out your wonderful international business. And I I told somebody last night, I said, would you like to increase your business by 25% starting tomorrow? Anybody out there not want to increase their business by 25%? International. If you're not doing it, jump in, just jump in and do it. And if you make a mistake, if you didn't calculate the shipping quite right, it's okay because you won't make that mistake a second time. You'll only make the mistake once, you learn from it, and that is a wonderful less-than-college tuition education, right? So be willing to just go out there and do that. Okay, one of the big things here is finding what people want to buy, then getting found on eBay. So those are two different things. I kind of talked a little bit about you know, what to put in the cart, you know, develop your niche, go for I appeal, guys. I appeal sells Every time, because it's emotional, right? No matter what you sell, there's going to be eye-appealing stuff. So um, the other thing about that is the getting found part. And that's where the marketing comes in. That is where writing your title effectively comes in. And title, title stuff has changed, my friends. It is no longer stuff that title box. And we talk about this a little bit as we get into the why won't they buy section is you're going to see me talk a lot about titles and a lot about 
thinking like the buyer. You want to think like your buyer and write your titles for them and not a robot. Stand by. (laughs) All right. I hate being sick. It is the worst to be sick. I don't have time to be sick, right? Okay. So um, titles is the number one way that, of course, you're going to come up in a search result. Now, if you are stuffing all kinds of extra stuff in your titles, you're coming up too often to the wrong people. And that's going to hurt you. You want to come up less often to the right people. And we are going to do like a whole webinar on this in my Appster's Academy this month and really dig into titles. So um, I encourage you, come on over and check it out for 10 bucks a month. I can show you how to make hundreds, if not thousands more a month, just by changing your titles, just by starting to get that little piece. Because that's probably number one. And then your pictures, of course. You want stellar pictures. And then you, because not only are those, those pictures going to attract your customer on eBay, but if you are putting stuff out there on your Facebook, on Twitter, and you have a really good picture, that picture is what's speaking to people. And by the way, if you are marketing to millennials, which is like, 18 to 35 crowd, you have got to get on Instagram. I just heard the statistic this morning. Instagram has overtaken Twitter now with the millennial crowd. There are more users on Instagram. Got to be there. And and I am not an Instagram aficionado by any means yet, but I tell you what I'm going to be learning to do uh, because I want that market. You got to face it. We're not getting any younger, and the baby boomers, they have an end. <laughs> just, there's just an end to, to the, the baby boomer shopping area. I got to just call it like it is, guys. This is reality. This is business. You have to pay attention to who's buying out there. The baby boomers, they pretty much have their collections, right? They're frugal. They're responsible. I know I'm generalizing a bit. But they're not just out there spending their money like the millennials. Millennials, I got a credit card. Let's go. So that's who you want to be marketing to, depending on what you're selling. So let's see. Oh, and this is a biggie. I'm going to finish with this one. Getting people to realize that working at home really is working, that I can't just jump up and do their bidding. (laughs) They, They come back as well. You can... Type on that computer. Oh, their comeback is that you can type on that computer anytime. Oh, people just don't get it. And I will tell you, we train people. We set our boundaries. But I think what gets in the way, again, it's a woman thing mostly, is that we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We don't want anybody not to like us. We don't want to make anybody feel bad. So we give in, we resent, and we do it. But what you really need to do is say, hey, Put a put a office hours on the door and you stick to this. They'll respect you if you respect your business. Set up those office hours. Take a lunch break. Say, hey, you know what? I am going to be available at 1130 and I can help you with that then. Really set your hours and work your business like a business. And other people will respect you too. And believe me, I know what it is like not to have a supportive spouse It took nearly 20 years for Steve to get on board with this whole thing. And 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 I'll also tell you the way you do that. 
You, you ready for this? Make money. Husbands love when you make money, girls. Yes, yes, they do. Um, that's the number one way to get them to take your business seriously. So really work your business like a business. Be a business owner and and demand the respect. Don't worry, uh, you know. And you might even preface it and say, you know what? I might come across a little harsh. This might be a little aggressive, but um, I have got to run my business like a business. So bear with me. I'm, I'm going to get a little bit more assertive in in what I need to do. It'll work. I'm telling you, it'll work. All right. So I hope that helps a little bit, you guys, because really the number one thing that gets in the way of you growing your business, it's you, it's you. It's all this stuff that we, we the, the shooting on ourselves and the, and the worrying about everybody else and not truly running our business like a business. And, and that, that is imperative. That is the way you do it. That is the way you do it. All right. How about if we take a short commercial break so I can blow my nose and we'll be right back. Millions of online sellers are looking for one identity to use in thousands of platforms. E-Rated manages your reputation by importing unlimited social media, marketplace, and behavioral data. It reveals your cross-platform performance, compares it with competitors, and calculates your e-worth. And it gives you the tools you need to improve sales and find room to grow. Discover your e-worth and your own reputation Okay, you guys are too funny over in the chats. And oh, I need to call my husband to fill my glass. I love it. <laughs> hey, my husband will come fill my glass. He's pretty good at that. All right. So how about a little? Why won't they buy? Are we ready? Ah. <laughs> yes, hubby's here with me today, uh, chauffeuring me around because I wasn't feeling so good. So I think uh, Scott is being mean. <laughs> All right, so why won't they buy? Remember, it's not why won't it sell because things have no control over selling themselves. So we have to figure out why somebody is not buying this stuff. And let's start. This is one we didn't get to last week. This is from Jess Paris. And this has been listed for four months. Got a couple of lowball offers. So Jess, I think you're in the chat. What were your lowball offers? Because this is a point I want to make to you guys. Sometimes lowball offer is an offer you should take, depending. Now, I'm not saying take the dollar or $5 offers. It has to make sense. Don't be so stuck on your price and hold on to stuff and then find yourself with it four months, six months, two years later. The object of this game is to sell stuff, sell stuff, sell stuff, sell stuff. And the more competitive eBay gets, the more people that are listing stuff, the more you're going to have to take those offers as they come in because it's like you got a fish on the hook. Do you want to like wiggle it a little bit and let them fly off to go catch somebody else's hook, right? Um, so you always want to make a profit, right? You can't go broke making a profit. That's one of my husband's favorite sayings, and it took many years of him saying that to me before that finally set in. Um, but really it is move it, move it, move it. If you're making a good profit, move it. Now, there's exceptions if you have a a, you know, an 8 million dollar Chagall, you don't want to sell it for a million, right? A million sounds good, but let's be reasonable. 
Yes, I watched The Good Wife. <laughs> That's where that one came from. Um, so $29.95, let's see, is that free shipping? No, see, and I think this is the biggest issue with this one. So I'm seeing $11.55 shipping on a $29.95 item. That's an ouch. Customers just don't like that. What they would prefer to see is $39.95 or, or you know, $44.95 with free shipping. I'm telling you, it is magic to build that shipping up into your price. And let's look at the title a minute. Um, Wood holds 25 golf ball rack display. So we've got a little bit of a title issue here. Bump this over a little bit so you can see the whole thing. So it's a Bombay company. Bombay company, that's a good brand. Let's just take a peek real quick. And I haven't looked at these before the show here. So Bombay company. And I want you to note how I'm searching for this. Little, little clue. Golf ball. Yeah. I guess I'll call it a holder. I don't know. Let's see. Oh, look what comes up. Bombay Company golf ball. Notice those four words that I typed in first are what got pulled up. So you want to think like your buyer. If they're, if they're looking for the Bombay Company golf ball holder, that's what the those are the first words they're typing in. So we look, and these are the newest ones listing. There's yours. Good. You come up number three. So this is not an issue of not getting found. So let's go over here and look at solds. And when I go over and look at solds, I, oh, you know what? None have sold, so we can't sort. Normally, if there's some results, then I'm going to sort by highest first because I want to see... What somebody did really, really good. I don't care when somebody sells it way, way too cheap. So none selling. So this is a little issue, right? So this isn't like a highly popular item as far as that. But what I would say to you, let me go back to your listing, is bump up the price. And the picture is a little bit confusing. Let's see if any of these others would work a little better. I would... I would say get a, a straight on picture. Do you have one in here? Yeah, and put some golf balls on there. Yeah, show how it works. And all these pictures are really the same. That, that you know, people are going to be like what I'm doing going, I want to see it straight on. I want to see it from the back, I, maybe from the top. I want to see a close up of that Bombay Company logo, right? So be careful about the angles of your photography and also make the item the star. So crop out all that extra stuff. And I this will eventually sell because Bombay Company is a really good brand. But change that title. It's Bombay Company. There's your value. Bombay Company golf ball. Rack is okay. But you do a little research and figure out are people saying rack, display, or holder and use one. Don't stuff the title with all of them and take all that extra stuff. And, and then somebody's going to go, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Click, boom, buy. Ooh, I like it. Click, boom, buy. All right. All right. And then we have this one, a Sonoma wine. So I, did we talk about this one last week? I thought we did talk about, but the reason I wanted to pull this up is to give a little uh, a lesson of something that could be putting your account in danger if you're doing this. Notice it says the seller is currently away until October 13th and is not processing orders, but I could still buy this. Now, I'm sure this person went and set their handling time later. Let's see if that um, estimated. Yeah, so 
they change the handling time, and which is fine as far as eBay's concerned and you shipping on time. But how happy is a customer going to be if they didn't quite go down and look at that or they didn't understand what that meant up there, right? They're used to Amazon, you know, it's going to ship, I'm going to have it in two days. So you really could be setting yourself up for low stars and unhappy customers, um, even though you've done everything technically right. Uh, So my advice is if you are going on a vacation, if you are doing something that the store needs to be closed down, close it down. I know sometimes it's a hardship not to get those sales, but truly, especially vacations, guys, go enjoy your vacation. Go just shut off the business side of things or build your business to where you have a a fulfillment way. I can go away because I have somebody at home doing the shipping. Um, So that's two ways to handle that. Yeah, even if you send out an email and let them know that you're away, it can still, I mean, you guys know how customers are. You know how these people are out there. They don't care. They don't care. And and they might even be mad that you went on vacation. I don't know. They could be resentful that you got to go on vacation. Who knows? I don't know. All right. And this comes from uh, Robert. Is Robert in the chat today? I got to meet Robert last week as well. And Robert, uh, this is a, a new account that he's working on. His other one specializes in Volkswagen parts, um, which is really cool because you guys know how crazy Volkswagen people are. We call them wobblies. I, I Didn't we all have one of those like, you know, in the 70s we had the classic Volk? Okay, maybe just me. All right. So this is six inch glass bowl from Tacoma Glass Blowing Studio. And while this is a nice, short, concise title, there's something very, very off with this title. And I bet you guys in the chat are going to be able to start picking this stuff out. What's the very first thing there that I'm going to say? People are not searching by six inch. They're just, they're just not. They're, if they know this company and it's a beautiful bowl and it's from a glass blowing studio, put Tacoma glass blowing studio as the first words and then put glass bowl. And I think when I went down and looked, oh, and let me just say real quick, this is an auction format. So I am perfectly okay with breaking out the shipping. Auctions, people are not in a hurry to get it. They're willing to bid. And if they come in and do that last minute bid war thing, it's just as if they'd made an offer and done it. So they're going to get it quickly, but they don't care. Auction people don't care. They are the true eBay people. Let's be clear on that. People who are bidding on an auction are not Amazon shoppers. They're not expecting it in two days. They're not impatient. They're buying and they're bidding because they like what it is and they like the little challenge of getting it at a lower cost. That's what auctions are all about. Um, Let's see. We got three pictures. I was going to say more pictures, but there's six pictures. Um, And again, you guys, try. here's what I want to tell you about pictures. I'm in the store and I've I can pick this up and I can look at it and I can turn it around and inspect it, right? An online shopper can't do that. They count on you to tell them, okay, this picture is the front. This is the side. This is the back. This is the other side. This is the top. This is the bottom. And then any little detail, like take a close up and show. They're really counting on you to give them that virtual shopping experience as if they picked it up and had it in their hands. So make sure that when you're taking your pictures, you are covering all those possibilities that they would want to look at. 
And that's why you want to make sure you're not doing like the same pictures. You want to, you know, make them different, different angles, show the close-ups, all that good stuff. Because it looks like there's some silver on the bottom of this that, or no, it's glass. But see, see how it was a little confusing? So I'd, I'd want a close-up of that. And I believe that's a signature. See, I'd want a close-up of that too. I want to make sure that's the signature that I want to see. But as I came down here, I think I saw, oh no, I thought I'd, I'd seen a, a, um, artist name and there's not it's just the Tacoma glass blowing studio so I would make this Tacoma glass blowing studio bowl glass you can put glass bowl um only because eBay no longer takes the word from out of a word what I mean by that is it used to be if you just said glass it would pick it up in the glass blowing now it doesn't it's got to be its own word for it's two different things to the to the robots so but this is beautiful. I think it started right. I think it will sell. That's the key with auctions is start it right so people want to jump in. Even if you only get one bid, I mean, this is the equivalent of 30 bucks, 30 bucks if it, it sells. And that, I mean, it might be more to somebody else. Um, but it's probably, a, you know, that's a little, that's a little baby bowl. So that'd be a good price. All right. All right. Let's do a store review. Because I gotta share my two cents. I know, you know, and next week we're gonna have music for that because I found the coolest little song to play. You know, we're gonna we're gonna make this show peppier. How's that? I, I'm saying on my my least peppy week ever. <laughs> so this week we have Kim Albin has shared her store, which is Mid Century Vintage Collectibles. Now. Let me just say, I'm a little confused by vintage and collectibles. It's not a big deal, but why not vintage collectibles? Why not take that ampersand out of there? Because search engines don't find that anyway. But you have tremendously good keywords just in that store name. I was amazed that you were able to get that store name. Um, so you want to hold on to that. You do not want to change that store name if this is what mid-century is just a huge market. I get mid-century stuff in down at the antique booth that I have, and it's gone. Um, that stuff does not stick around. So mid-century is is hot, hot, hot. Um, so some of Kim's concerns were about her banner logo categories and pictures. So let's take each of those at a time. So the banner's okay. Um, I would like to see that image pop a little more and perhaps make it um, – have somebody go in there and make that a pure white background so you're not seeing like the wrinkles in the sheet. That's going to make you look a lot more professional. But something I caution against is when you have a collectible store, and actually I, I will admit I'm guilty of this too. I need to go in and change mine. Be very careful that you don't get people coming in going, oh, I'm going to go get that typewriter. Oh, I'm going to go get that cookie jar. And then you don't have it. That can throw some people off. I more encourage creating an image logo branding that is memorable um, and they don't just look at it as, okay, here's, you know, this, it's a bunch of product as much as it's a memorable image. You know, think of some of the most memorable logos out there. We've got, you know, Nike, it's a swoosh and you see that, you know, Nike, um, you know, Coke doesn't even have to say the words Coke, you know, it's that red circle with the white stripe, 
Um, so really think logo and consistency, putting that everywhere you are talking about your business, and people soon start to relate to that um, more than trying to remember some product images here. You know, um, I have the cow, guys, the utterly good stuff cow. And so people remember that. I don't sell cows, but people know that's part of my brand. I've used that forever. I can't change it. Um, we're, we're updating the cow a little bit. But the cow goes with my business. So you want something that people remember and they talk about. And and, and then they send you cool cow stuff in the mail. <laughs> also, there's my cow. Also, you want your banner to have something that has your brand message in it. So what is it that makes you different from every other mid-century vintage collectibles seller out there? You want something that states that you're different. This is why you want to shop with me. And, you know, we've only got about a minute on a, on a story view on, on the show here. But this is definitely something we can have a conversation about, you know, because Kim is an appster. Um, but you really want to tell people right when they hit your store, what experience are they going to get? What's in it for them? Because it is a what's in it for me world right now. So if it's something that connects with them, they're going to come shopping. If it doesn't connect with them, they're going to click off that page within like three seconds. So you got to grab them. So now let's go down here a little bit. And these are your featured items. And I see a ski jacket and a ring. And, and while you're saying they're vintage in the titles, I'm not getting that feel. Um, so you want to be careful about what products that you're showing people, you want to have everything connected in that niche. You want them to go from one thing to another and be interested and go and and shop for more. And you want everything to, to have a way that it all fits together so that when they're coming in here, they're having some fun shopping. You've got vintage collectibles, vintage plush and dolls, vintage magazines and books, vintage clothing and other it's pretty generic for categories. So if you want to stand out, come up with categories that really say who you are in your business and tells them what they're going to be finding there. So if you are mid-century and vintage, you may want to break it down into 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Have that be your categories. And then under that, have subcategories of clothing, um, toys, magazines and books, that kind of thing, but draw them in with, you know, somebody who wants something from the seventies probably isn't interested in something from the fifties. So break it down, make it easy for them to buy. Now let's see what else. And so let's see her other concerns were pictures. So, and you guys hear me talk about this week after week, pictures are huge. Pictures is what causes that emotional reaction in someone that makes them hit the buy button. So you've got to spend some time on your pictures and make sure they are popping off the page. So use a, I, I just use Picasa, a free program, no paint shop, no nothing fancy. I take the pictures, we load them on the computer, we go through with Picasa and you know, it really, it really takes like maybe 20 seconds, uh, uh, an item to just go through and auto contrast crop and boom save and it make all the difference in the world it's absolutely worth the time spent 
So not just cropping, but fixing any color issues. Like I see there's a little blue behind this book here. And that can be when you're taking your pictures, make sure you're using good lighting and only one type of lighting. That's really key. So if you're using the house lighting, use the house lighting. Don't try to add fluorescent and a photo lamp. If you have the professional photo lamps, turn the lights off, close out the outside light and just use that lighting. That's really going to help with your um, color in the background. And if it's a little off, it's another thing that you can fix in Picasso with just a little boop, fix the color. I do it all the time because it, it happens. You get the little pink hue or the little blue hue and you can fix that really easily. So pictures, pictures are really key. So let's just see real quick. Uh, so she asked, I have a person from Fiverr doing a cartoon face of me that I was thinking of adding to the banner and using as a logo. I wouldn't. I think you can brand better based on the benefits to the people you're selling to versus having a cartoon up there of yourself. And um, really, you want to be thinking, even if you are a one-person show, you want your audience out there to see you as business. So you want to be a company. You want to have a company image. So that's what I would say about that. So I hope that helps. Hope that helps, Kim. And uh, we'll uh, see how you do with that. Let me know how that goes. And uh, we are ready to go on to our hot sales of the week. I love the new music. <laughs> no more cracking whips. <laughs> I knew he was going to do that. I just knew he was going to. You know, I'm a control freak, but there's some things I still have no control over. What is up with that? All right. Hot sales, hot sales. These come in on the Danny App Facebook group each and every Sunday when we run the scores of the week thread. And our first one. Now, this is interesting because Phil Charney, and Phil, this is your first time being featured on the show. Welcome, welcome. He says, I'd like to use this. Oh, what happened? Where did I go? Oh, look at all this stuff that eBay's mucking up your ended listings with. Ugh, what is wrong with them? That's a whole show all in of itself. Okay, here we go. So Phil says, I want to use this as a teaching opportunity. This was not my best sale, and I made $0 on it. Let me explain. I buy boxes and boxes of flatware in order to find that good stuff where he does make a profit. Along the way, I get a lot of crap that no one wants. Okay. And, and I'm still going, okay, really? All right. Uh, I throw it into a box and once I get enough, I make a listing on eBay and sell it off at just enough to cover my cost fees and shipping. I may actually even be losing a few cents, but... I have now got the cash from the sale back in my pocket. Something I was talking about earlier with, you know, taking those offers. So he says, sometimes you have to realize that you need to get rid of the stuff that no one wants and cut your losses. Take that money and reinvest in something else where you can turn a profit. Which is great, great advice. Except, Phil, you got a hundred bucks for this. And this was the crap. Yes. Using your words, but truly, this is gravy. 
you made $100 because you made your profit on the good stuff that you picked out of that box. I would not say you made zero. I would say you made a clean 100 bucks on this stuff. Uh, because as you said, this was the discards, the toss-aways, the get-rid-of-its. Uh, so I'll take $100 for that stuff all day long. Anybody else in the chat over there? Quick 100 bucks just for stuff you like, like, ah, this is nothing. Yeah, good job. Good job. So change your mindset on that. You are making money with this business model. You are absolutely making $100. Yes, yes. All right. Oh, and look who has another hot sale of the week. Yes, it would be our very own Matt Pinkish. Let me get down to where the real stuff is here. Oh, and what do you know? It's a part from a blower housing. <laughs> he just has the sexiest listings. <laughs> so this came off of a blower that he picked up for free. And most of it sold quite a while ago as the housing does not usually need to be replaced. So this sat in a store for a year. And he, uh, he says he usually gets a little bump in blower parts sales in the fall. Gee, I can't imagine why. And that's like knowing your trends. Oh, leaves are falling. Oh, yes, leaf blowers. Um, snow is falling. Oh, snow blowers. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way to think of things. All right, so what is that? $49.95 for just a small piece of something that he got for free. Yeehaw. Good job, Matt. All right, who we got? We got our lovely Linda Pacheco. Now, I do believe it's Linda in the chat because she didn't verify for me, but I'm pretty sure I remember her buying this when we were out on a little shopping trip together. Yes, we did. We were trying to nail down Linda's niche. And I, and this is what I do when I go out with you guys on these shopping trips is I watch you. I watch what you're attracted to because most of you that think you don't have a niche, you have a niche. You have something that grabs you no matter where you go and you find that stuff. So for her, it was bags and trinket boxes. Is she there? Yay! So, and Linda, how are you doing with the, the, the bags and boxes theme? You sticking with it? You keeping little blinders on? Yeah, yeah. All right. I cannot read a word of what you're typing in there because, because I can't. Because I'm old and I can't see. And you guys are not going to see me with glasses on on the show, unless they're minion glasses. Uh, so she says she found this designer handbag at a yard sale, purchased it because she knew it was a great find as it's an authentic Kate Spade. The thing about designer brands, you guys, and why I don't recommend just anybody go out and pick up designer brand stuff is you probably don't know all the little idiosyncrasies of knowing whether it's authentic. And that's super important. You do not want to get accused of selling a fake. But if you know your stuff and you know your brands and you know what you got is 100% legit and you can sound very intelligent describing it and why you know it's legit, you're going to be okay. Okay. So she found this. She knows her Kate Spades and it was only four bucks. She listed it for $79.99 within the week and it sold four days later for a best offer of $75. Yes. And the customer is thrilled. The customer is thrilled. So... Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. It was listed, well, actually it was listed at $89.95, Linda. So um, although you came down to $75, that's a pretty reasonable offer. And that's the ones I want to encourage you guys. Do not nickel and dime back, you know, for for $80. You know, 
really like if even if this offer had come in at like 60, I probably would have said, take it. Because from $4 into 60 or 70 or 80, all those are really good profit margins. And now you got that money to go spend on something else. The fun part. The fun part. All right. So let's see. Who else? Oh, we got we got one more. I know I'm tricking Scott. He didn't think we had any more because I wanted to throw some more in just because that's that's how I fly. All right, look at all this. What is this? Okay, I feel a Danny rant coming on. This is also why you guys want to be niched. This is absolutely it because before somebody gets to that garbage a little lower, they're going to see more chances to get what you want, more from the same seller. So although uh, this item is sold, somebody who was attracted to that item, it came up in a Google search or something, they came over to this, this listing, this is what they have to go through before they see the actual item. And if you have a genre of stuff that is appealing to them, they'll come shop. They'll, you, it's the squirrel factor, right? It's like, oh, oh, I don't even want to look at that sold thing. I want to go look at this blue vase now. Ooh, pretty. All right. So then we got to get past all this stuff. All right. So this is uh, mid-century California pottery, silver doves, birds, figurines, vintage. And this comes from Sandy Gregorich. Hello, Sandy. I don't know if you're in the chat. So even though this item is already sold, I still want to give you a little heads up when writing those titles. Again, you know, mid-century California pottery, silver doves. Eh, figurines is good. It, the rest of it, yeah, you don't need all the rest of that. HTF. Is a customer really putting HTF into that title? Probably not. So really think about that, guys. Now, she did take an offer of... Do, 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 do. Let's see. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, these were picked up at Goodwill for just over $5 with a discount and sold for 70 bucks. 70 bucks. Oh, people are decorating like crazy with this mid-century stuff. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So... Keep them coming, guys. We're going into the good season for these scores. Let me tell you, a fourth quarter is, it's just picking up now. It's just picking up. So you should be listing like crazy. And uh, those who follow the ultimate listing challenge, I'm going to give a little heads up. It's coming next month, November. Get ready. We'll talk about that more in the uh, shows to come. With that, guys, hey, I made it through. I made it through. I didn't. Thank goodness for these little menthol things because I didn't have one coughing attack. That was brilliant. My husband's like, take some Dayquil or something. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, that stuff will just make me loopy. And then who knows what I'll say. No, couldn't go there. But right on. Oh, and I see, I see Beth. Beth, I haven't seen you in the chat before. Welcome. Awesome, awesome. I've known Beth for many, many, many years. It's Depression Glass Warehouse. Um, awesome, awesome lady who knows her glass also. We love to talk about glass. All right, guys. Go watch the replays if you missed one. Or if you want to go, if you had a review or or one of your why won't they buy things and you want to go back and see what I said again, guess what? You can do that. You can watch it here on the Vegas Video Network. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Scott's favorite. Or you can go to YouTube. It's on two channels on YouTube, both Vegas Video Network and the Danny App channel, where you can also... Get access to all my motivational Mondays and oh, some little surprises I throw in there. And let's see where else. Oh, I've got my lovely list here. 
Roku, Stitcher, TuneIn, Chromecast, Apple TV, Google TV, Fire TV, who are all seeming to be in a war with one another. And let's see. Oh, yeah. Social media, overcast.fm, and just about any place else you can search for something because the Vegas Video Network rocks. And I want to thank my uh, director, Scott Whitney, for taking his life in his hands, having me come in the studio today. And uh, it's all good. We got we got the Lysol. <laughs> that stuff is raunchy. <laughs> With that, guys, go be profitable and make it fun. 